Hello and welcome to the recordings of a fangirl, hashtag sarcasm, on this Friday, the 8th of December, 2023. And I would just like to wish a happy Hanukkah to all those who celebrate Hanukkah. I hope you have a great Hanukkah. Um, especially in these times, um, Hanukkah means more than ever to those that celebrate it. It is the season of light and love. So I wish you all light and love. So I thought I'd go over and start this podcast right off the bat, talking about the last couple games with the Rangers, because I, I feel like they think they're the comeback kids. And that's the worst type of mindset to have because chances are you're not going to always come back, come back as we saw from last game. So let's just, I'll start with the Nashville Predators game. Um, In the first period, they were down to zero. Yes. Then they got three goals in the second. Nashville got one in the, in the second Rangers got one in the third and they won four, three. Great. But notice the pattern that's coming. All right. So that was that game. Um, I'm just trying to look. Okay. So then they have the Sharks. Okay. So then we have the Sharks game. Where they did get three in the first. And the Sharks got two in the first. Second period was tied. They each got a goal. And then, obviously, they each got two goals in the third. And to be quite honest, the Sharks should not have gotten two goals in the third. So, wipe that two goals away. They should have won 6-3. But they won. Okay. Then the next game after that was the Senators game, which was this past week. Uh, Again... In the first period, they're down two ga- two goals to none. Um, then they give up three goals in the third, and the second, one goal in the third. And they get two goals to tie it, basically, you know, in the second. But they never had the lead. So my point being, I mean, you know, we can even look further back. We can go to November 29th game against the Red Wings. Detroit, no one scored in the first period. In the second period, it was 2-1 Detroit. And then in the third period, the Rangers came and got two goals. But if you see the pattern that's forming, I mean, look at the Sabres game. Uh, They were down 1-0 after 1. They were down 2-0 after 2. They lost 5-1. So... If you all want to understand what the championship mindset is, it's not thinking that you could always come back because chances are your mindset goes from when you start the game from a big dog mentality to really a little dog mentality. And then that's all they have is a little dog mentality. And you can see it on their faces and you can see it like the last game. I mean, all it, maybe it was just me, but all they did was skate back and forth. Their defense was terrible. They they looked like they didn't want to be there in the Ottawa game. They weren't reading. They weren't reading plays. They weren't doing anything. The neutral, neutral zone was a disaster. But no, no, no. We're only, we're down. We're going to come back. See, that's in their head. That's in their mindset. Their mindset is, oh well, whenever we get we get down, we can always come back. And chances are, like I said, you're not always going to come back. So the book that I'm writing with which then becomes a podcast as well, January, is called The Championship Mindset. Uh, Let me see. I have something written here. So, okay. In the realm of sports, where dedication, perseverance, and talent converge, the championship mindset stands as the pinnacle of the athletic achievement. It is a mindset that transcends physical prowess and dwells into the depths of the mental fortitude, strategic thinking, and unwavering self-belief from the beginning. Not when they're down two, two nothing. Not when they're down three nothing. Not when they're down one. It, especially after the first period. 
So now we have them struggling in the first period. Remember last year, we had them struggle in the second period. So now they're struggling in the first period. Anyhow, this mindset is not merely a collection of skills or techniques. It is a way of being, a philosophy that permeates every aspect of an athlete's life, life shaping their approach to training, competition, and the pursuit of excellence. So, okay. This growth mindset, and I'm just going to skip around. This growth mindset empowers athletes to embrace challenges, view setbacks as opportunities for learning, and persist in the face of adversity. It is the foundation upon which champions build their resistance, their resilience, and unwavering determination. Okay. Then you have the set goals, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Champions are not only masters of their physical craft but they're experts in the mental rehearsal. They harness the power of visualization to create vivid mental images of themselves performing at their peak, executing their skills with precision and grace. This mental rehearsal not only reinforces their technique, but it also instills a sense of confidence and belief in their abilities. Which, by the way, if you are a New York Jets fan, you can see that Zach does not have that. Um, and it just continues. Um, I have a lot of chapters in this book. Um, okay. So here is also unlocking your athletic potential, a guide to harnessing the power of manifestation and visualization in sports. I have like, that's like a, a second part of the book. So the first part goes on to how to have the championship mindset, what the championship mindset is. Yes, I talk about visualization and manifestation within those first couple chapters because that's exactly what the championship mindset revolves around. But it also goes this, okay. So in a world of sports, the pursuit of excellence is a resentless endeavor. Athletes push their bodies and minds to the limit, seeking to achieve peak performance and surpass their perceived limitations. Beyond physical training, uh-oh, I just touched it. Beyond physical training and technical mastery, there lies a realm of untapped potential, the power of manifestation and visualization. Okay. Manifestation, the belief that your thoughts and actions have the power to shape reality is a potent force in shaping athletic success. Visualization, the technique of creating mental images of desired outcomes, is a powerful tool for enhancing performance and achieving goals. So now here is my guide. Okay. Um, Manifestation and visualization are not mere wishful thinking or empty affirmations, like most of you people out here think that that's what it is. They are grounded in psychological principles that have been validated by scientific research. And I have some of that research in my book. Um, Manifestation operates by influencing the subconscious mind, the vast reservoir of thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that shape our perceptions and actions. By cultivating positive and empowering thoughts and beliefs, we can tap into the subconscious mind's ability to guide our actions towards achieving our desired outcome which what is the desired outcome winning the Stanley Cup, right? Visualization, on the other hand, works by creating vivid mental representations of desired outcomes. By repeatedly engaging in visualization exercises, we can strengthen our neutral pathways in the brain, enhancing our ability to perform those actions in reality. And then I go on to how to harness the power. Because it's there's a whole big there's a whole big steps there's there's tons of steps it's not just one thing or two or three you have to go by the steps most of the time and then you can use this in your life it's not just for sports but I talk in general about sports number one and then life and relationships number two because that's exactly what it is. And you've heard me many times on this podcast. If you keep listening to this podcast, you'll keep hearing me say, it. do it scared and do it unprepared. You're ne- in life, just in general. In life, you're never going to have your ducks in a row. Like, I love how people go, well, I'm just going to wait until my ducks are in a row before I start my own business or before I write that book or before I ask her or him out or before I decide to move or, besides, or before I decide to, to do something, whatever it is. 
you are never number one, you are never going to have your ducks in a row. Number two, it is never going to come out according to plan. It, if you have a plan, and I love when people are strategic because we're at the almost at the end of the year. So what are people going to start doing right now? They're going to start creating their stupid non there's the, the nonsense of New Year's resolutions. I tweeted earlier this week. Um, I would love to open up a bar, a uh, gym, and call it Resolutions on January 1st. And then February 1st, I turn that gym into a bar because that's literally what happens after a month. People make the stupid and the same type of resolution every single year, and they never finish it all the way through because they don't have the championship mindset in order to do so. And I never make resolutions. I never do. I don't believe in that. I believe in, okay, so I have a goal, for example, with my business. It is, let's just say, attaining three new clients. Now, three new clients, for me, is a, is a perfect goal to have, let's just say, for a small business. It's a perfect goal to have. You don't have an unrealistic goal, which an unrealistic goal for me would be 10. I'm going to get 10 new clients. Yes. As much as I would love to have 10 clients, you, you know, you start small with small manifestations, three new clients. And if people want to know what the affirmations that I use, one of them is you have to say it like it actually just happened. So in the morning, when I say my, man, when I say my affirmations in the morning, when I have my, medit my, my, my meditation, I say, I am so happy and excited that I just gained three new clients. I just gained three new clients. And I will say that over and over again every single morning. I will believe it. And the other one that I say, if you want to start saying it, is the fact this is what I say. I say, wow, something incredibly amazing happened to me today. I start off with that one and I lead right into the, what I want to have happen. So, and there's a slew of them, which I'm not going to go into, but I will tell you like, so for example, I am happy and excited that I just landed three new clients. Now you, you expect that it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. That's how manifestation and visualization work. And you visualize that you are going to get what you just said. You're going to get it because you already have it. That's how manifestation works. It's not that you just want something. You have to be you, you have to be delusional and you have to act as if you already have it. And you also, what so many people don't do in manifestation is you have to let everything around you crumble. You can't expect new blessings and new opportunities and new possibilities and new adventures to pop into your life if you are surrounded by the old things that no longer serve you. You have to let that crumble and you have to get rid of people and situations and things that don't serve you. That's how it works. Because, you know, the saying um, is, there's a saying, I'm trying to think of it, how to word it. Oh, when people do the same exact thing and expect different results, you're never going to get different results if you do the exact same thing, Right. And so many people do not like to be uncomfortable. And in life and in sports and in everything, you need to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, that's when you're going to evolve. That's when you're going to learn. That's when you're going to grow. And so many of us don't do that. And I can tell you adults suck at that. Children are the best at that because they don't care. They don't care. They will try something once. They will try something. They will they'll focus on what they want until they get it. They are very good at that. They don't care about being uncomfortable. As much so as adults. So as we backtrack back to the, the Rangers with the championship mindset, and I said last time on my podcast, you have Keandre Miller who keeps saying, we haven't played our best game yet. Really? That's not a very positive thing to say, nor is that part of manifestation or visualization because you're visualizing that you haven't done anything great yet. 
and you're waiting for that perfect game to just happen. And you also have said, you know, we've just had to flip the switch, which you don't, the championship mindset, as you see from watching the Rangers this past week, is not a switch. They can't just flip a switch and then, hey, big dog mentality. We're going to win every game. We're going to go out here. We're not going to underestimate our opponent. We're going to play hard all 60 minutes. Yippee. They haven't done that. They have, they have the little dog mentality, and then they have the comeback mentality. We'll just come back. It's okay. It's okay if we step back. I mean, a setback always means that a greater comeback is coming, yes. But you can't go on like life that way, and you can't go on playing games that way. You're never going to win. And then you're going to end up losing games that you should have won. Like to, and I'm, I'm here's where I disagree with the coach, where he says there are no weak teams. Uh, yeah, there are. There are tons of weak teams in in, in hockey. Just look at the standings. Look at how many. Um, look at how many games people have teams have lost. It's true. There are weak teams. You know why they're weak teams? Because they have a little dog mentality, and that's how they play every game. Every game is a little dog mentality to them. And when they win, they get shocked as hell that they actually won a game. You have teams like that in every sport. Every sport. And you have fan bases with a little dog mentality. And I'll tell you, there are right here in New York, the New York Jets fan base is a little dog mentality because they always think the worst. They, you, you never see Jets fans think anything positive is going to happen. And then they go, see, this is why I don't think positive, because every time I think something good, something bad happens. Well, obviously, because you you're not really thinking positive thoughts, you're thinking negative. You're thinking you're going to lose, and you're going to lose. You're thinking injuries are going to happen, injuries happen. Your mind is very, very powerful. Just like I've said, words are powerful, and words have power, your thoughts have power. They do. They extremely have power. Now, we can, I want to flip the script here for a little bit. Let's talk a little, well, I'll just talk a little fashion for a second. So I created a video. I have it out there. It's on Instagram. I think I did put it also on Twitter, X, um, which is great. Uh, you have some really awesome guys that have totally leveled up with their with their fashion for starters i think the one guy on the rangers that i am mostly impressed with this year has to be will cooley will cooley top notch but then i remind myself he's living with vincent trocheck who vincent trocheck can we get him in vogue magazine i'm not kidding when i say that you need to be in fucking vogue okay he reminds me of vogue every time i look at him Vogue. And I will say, he reminds me more of Vogue than Keandre Miller does or Igor Shosturkin. Because Igor and Keandre are always top-notch when it comes to fashion. I have to say. But the one that I'm so shocked at and surprised at is Will Cooley. But I think Vincent may have a little um, power over that. You know, I think he's uh, inspired him. Of course, you know, with Johnny Brudinski's up with the team because of injuries. He looked phenomenal last time. Um, a December fifth game. I have that. I have that picture of him. My God, so freaking phenomenal! And then Lindy, I will tell you, your blue socks look pretty darn good. I don't. I, I don't like blue socks that much, but I'm looking at it going like, huh, huh, huh. all right, all right. I say you match your socks with your with your suit, especially when you wear that nice blue suit. That brings out the best teachers. And this is why I keep telling Lindy to burn that other blue suit. And he knows what blue suit I mean. Yeah, that, that, God, that blue suit. Here's what, like when you go to a store, okay, and you see something really nice on, you know, on the hanger, on the rack, right? You see it, oh, wow, that looks really good. So then you go and you try it on and it looks freaking ass pathetic on you. Why would you buy it? That's what I'm getting at. Like, 
sometimes things look better on the rack than they do on specific people. Some people look very good in certain things and some people look terrible. There are so many trends for, for women's fashion, are you kidding? That some of the things I try on, it makes me look like a goddamn marshmallow. <laughs> I look like a marshmallow or a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It just brings out the worst features. So when you dress, you want to dress in things that are going to bring out your best features. Make you look even better than you could even ever imagine. So when, when Lindy has this other blue suit, my God, that blue suit's fire. The old blue suit that he constantly keeps wearing, which is his comfort suit, he's got to burn. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. Sorry, but not sorry. Burn that suit. Your gray suit and this other blue suit are great. If you wear the rest of the season, these two, and you just go in between these two, that's fine. Although I would love to see you with black. Like a black dress shirt, not a button-down shirt, just a black dress shirt. You did that, I think, two years ago. You had, when you were traveling for one of the, one of the games, you had on a black dress shirt, and then you wore it with your blue suit, and that looked phenomenal. I have to say, Foxy's leveled up with his fashion, and so has Laffy. Laffy looks amazing. He looks ready to go. Maybe he can be the next one for Vogue, but I don't, he's not there yet. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. Trust me, you're getting there, but you're not there yet. Um, for fashion-wise, if you notice that I've been using the word, um, I'm trying to sound like the guys do when they get interviewed. I can't believe that the PR department does not train you guys with interviews because you really do. You guys need training. You say, um, so many times in interviews, like play back your, go on, go on YouTube and play back your interview so you can hear how you sound. So many times people get like a question. So they get the question. What do you think you need to do to get out of this funk? Let's just say that's the question, right? So they'll go, well, you know, um, what we need to do to get out of the funk will basically be, um, you know, to follow what the coach tells us and, uh, and then, um, and then, and then they'll say something else and they'll go, um, now, like I've said, it's perfectly okay to pause in between what you need to say. Now, you're not going to know the questions ahead of time. So you're going to have to spontaneously answer questions. And I will say this, the shorter the answer, the better. You don't need to go into a long, like three page, you know, three page, you know, essay answer. All you have to do is just answer it in like three sentences. How do you keep the momentum going? Well, to keep the momentum going, like just like you would write it with a comma, comma, pause, we really need to make sure that we're strong in the neutral zone. And then we have to make sure that we are able to get the puck out of our defensive zone quickly, period, done. Do you see how I answer that? I didn't go, well, to, to keep the momentum going, well, you know, um, we really will need to figure out the neutral zone and then um, make sure, well, you know, um, we, 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 you know, the, we clear the puck out quickly out of the defensive zone. You see the difference? Like, there's a difference, and I can't believe they don't, they don't train you. I literally think that all athletes should be trained with social media, number one, and number two, how to talk to the media. I think you all need that training. And I don't just think hockey players. I'm just across the board. Because they're so terrible when it comes to this. Now, there's some dudes that are really, really good at social. And there are some dudes that are good at PR. There are. Here's a question. All right, question. If you guys who are married love your wives, why can't you fucking post when it's their birthday? I'm, I'm talking about the Ranger players. Don't put in a fucking story. Who gives a shit about a story? Well, you're trying to hide that you're married. I mean, most of the women know you're married. Okay. And I don't want to hear, because I can, I can just hear Chris Kreider in the background and those that don't like it. Well, it's my, I'm keeping, I keep my private life private. No, no. I don't want to hear that shit. Okay. Because that's like a cop out. 
with athletes. Athletes do it all the time, especially football players, because they don't want women to know that they're taken or whatever, and they try to hide them than the act single. There's a difference between everybody knowing that you're together and then, but not knowing your, your life. Like, we don't have to post 24-7, and so many people post everything about their lives 24-7. See, there's a difference between posting certain things and keeping things out of the limelight. You know what I'm saying? But when it's your wife's fucking birthday, put that shit on Instagram. Pictures of you and your wife together, your anniversary, poof. Your kid's birthday, poof. Right there. That's, that's your life outside of hockey. People want to see your life outside of hockey, but if you don't see, but this is why I always get back when I talk about relationships with, like, with athletes, they end up with basic women who just want the bare minimum, which, by the way, happens to be the dating culture of 2023. So I'm going to say this to women. Don't be, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't, buy na- don't be naive. And don't act fucking desperate. You don't need to be with a man who's going to treat you with bare minimum. Okay, bare minimum is great, but then that's why you get into these relationships and then you freak out. And then I get these messages from these chats. I'm in like these fun, fun chats with women and they, oh my God, some of the things that you guys have sent, let me just tell you, it's, it, it's, it's nuts what I've seen. And some of the things that guys say, now wait, where's my thing? I should actually read you some of their, do I have some of their stuff? Let me see. I think I saved a text message. And some of the things like if I, oh, here's one. So this, um, this guy literally said this to a girl. I had no idea if I wanted to sleep with you until we met up, but I was under the assumption that if we both enjoyed each other, that was an option. First date. I'm not interested in going on date after date before fucking. Oh, (laughs) shocking. Get me the confetti. I have no way of knowing if I want to progress unless the sexual chemistry is there. I'm also not into games, and I think you might just be a little too young for me. Best of luck. Uh, and, And this girl was not too young for him. That's a cop out. Because this is the culture we're in. These, all the dating apps are doing is they're just getting, they're just, guys are just looking to hook up. Uh, the book that I can literally write alone on this kind of stuff is amazing. Because it's just so sad. Here's another one. Um, uh, that, was a, that was actually a scam. Which I actually, I'm going to read that one. To let you know what kind of scam is going around. There's a, like a tax scam that's going around. Um, I don't want that one. Where is that? Where is that text message? When did I just delete it? I could have deleted it, but there was a text message that this girl sent me that a guy sent her, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Actually, I'll tell you. Here's a response one. So <laughs> this one was really good. This girl answered this guy's text message. So freaking savagely. I love this girl. So this guy texts, this guy named Ryan texts this girl. One word, ready? You probably know what word it is. Head. Head. H-E-A-D, question mark. So (laughs) she answered him, shoulders, knees, and toes. Now, if you have a kid, or a kid, you know the song, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. That's the song. So <laughs> she she texts him shoulders, knees, and toes. And that was the end of him. Because that's exactly what the happening with guys. Like, you guys are stupid. Seriously. Stop being stupid. Stop being stupid. I I, I can't stress that enough. If you are between the ages of 22 and 35, stop being stupid. 
if you are between the ages of 35 and mm, 50, you should be as mature as you can ever be. You're a grown, grown man. Now, after a man reaches 35, you're like a grown, like you're a real grown up. You're not a kid. You can't act like immature. You should never act immature. This is why I don't date guys over 35, by the way, because I find that they, well, first of all, three things with guys over age 35, ready? They don't want to build anything. All they're doing is looking forward to retire. Okay. That's all they're looking forward to. They don't want to do like anything adventurous. All they want to do is sit at home watching TV or movies. They don't want to go out. They don't want to socialize. They just want to stay home. They're, they're boring. They're boring as shit. Sorry, but not sorry. They're boring. And, like, I don't mind if you want to watch sports. Fine. I'll watch a sport. I'll watch a sporting event with you, sure. As long as I, like, am interested in it. I'm not interested in wrestling. Sorry, but not sorry. I'm not interested in sitting home watching golf. No. I will not watch golf. I'm not watching soccer. Okay. What other sport am I not watching? Oh, race car driving, race cars. To me, how is that a fucking sport? Well, first of all, we're going to wait. We're going to say that race car driving in a a circle. Okay, so they're going in a circle, 100 miles an hour, 10 laps, 20 laps. That's a fucking sport. But cheerleading is not a fucking sport. What are you, people like drunk? So lifting girls over our head who weigh 130, 200 pounds, literally, because some girls are solid lifting them over our heads and then jumping and tumbling and doing stunts is not sports is not an athletic sport i have to throw in dance yes they do dance but cheerleading is most likely stunting jumping and tumbling it is not dance dance is like you know maybe three four eight counts that's not a sport but watching guys in a fucking car going around a stupid circle 20 laps woo sport don't get me started on espn when espn shows poker oh god i can't all right so anywho there were on twitter this week there were some dudes going after diana is her name rustini is that how i say it I don't know how to say it, but she used to be on ESPN. I think now she writes for The Athletic or she reports for The Athletic. She's the one that, quote unquote, exposed everything that was happening with, within the New York Jets organization this past week. Um, and then, of course, there was an old rumor that went around, started by the, the owner of the Washington commander's wife. Okay, because... She would obviously went after the owner of the commanders when they had all that sexual harassment stuff going around and going in within the organization, all that stuff that happened within the organization and also the name changing stuff. Well, the wife of the owner didn't like and appreciate it. So she started a rumor that she only got where she was because she she had oral sex with all these men within these teams and the minute i'm, I'm gonna bring this up is because these these guys on twitter were going after her oh shocker men being sexist against women in sports saying that she only got to where she was because she fucked a few guys so i brought up the fact that well um isn't it kind of ironic when men in organizations ask women for sexual favors. We don't bring that up because, oh no, it's okay for men to ask women for sexual favors to get ahead in sports. But it, but for, but the women who end up doing that stuff, and there are women in, in organizations, not just sports, that do that shit. But there are men and lots of men who ask for sexual favors. Okay. Trust me, I know. To get what they want to get in life. And right up the quote unquote ladder by doing that. See, men are sexist when it comes to women in sports. You cannot tell me that they're not. 
And I watched, I watched Jacob Truba again be interviewed by a woman in the locker room like last week. You look so fucking uncomfortable. And you had to have a little <laughs> laugh. Like, what was that? What the fuck was that? That was called a nervous laugh. That's what that's called. That's called you are uncomfortable. Now, Rod Brindamore was interviewed last night. Was that the game last night with the Canes blew it against the um the Oilers? Now, Darren Panger is awesome, and I love him. I love Darren Panger. So he was the quote unquote sideline reporter yesterday, and he went on the bench during the game and asked him about like what was happening. And you saw how comfortable Rod Brindamore was. If that was Emily Kaplan, he would not have said what he said. Because you cannot tell me that men in sports are not sexist when it comes to women. So many guys, and I will say there are other Ranger players who look so uncomfortable when being interviewed by a woman, are sexist too. Now, I'm only talking about Jacob Chuba because of what transpired. And it's okay. Um... People want to know a couple things. So I'll just say this. All right. Now, first of all, I'm not a Jersey girl. By that, I mean like wearing like jerseys. I don't wear them. I don't think they look flattering on me. So I'm not going to wear them. Now, I wore them to take some pictures, but now I got rid of my jersey. So I got rid of my Ryan Lingren jersey first. Yes. I was, I was mad at him. I was mad at Ryan for something wholly not related to the Jacob Chuba um, saga. Something totally different. But I just want to say, I'm not mad at him anymore because I know it's not his fault. I'm a little tiny tad disappointed in him, but I'm not mad. Uh, so that, that's that one. Um, Jacob Chuba, I had his jersey, but I threw it in the trash after I ripped up the scissor. That's how fucking angry I am at him right now, if people want to know. That is exactly how fucking ass angry I am at him. I took my scissor and I chopped up that shit. And let me just tell you, after cutting it up and throwing it in the garbage, I felt a lot better. Now, I did have Alexi Lafreniere's, but I gave that one away too. Because I'm not going to wear it. Like I, like, I wore it twice. I have no ill will against Alexi. Like, I have no ill will against Ryan Lindgren either. But Jacob's, I threw, out. I, I threw it out. I ripped it up, threw it out. I, that's how angry I am at Jacob right now. Sorry, sorry, but not sorry. That's, that's exactly how I am. I'm angry at him. Very, I'm disappointed, but I'm also very angry. Um, and I'm also angry at other people that I'm not going to mention because you don't need to know their names within the organization. I'm not going to mention it. Now, while I'm speaking about the Rangers organization, let me say something about James Dolan that you all going to be like disagreeing with me on because I know how much the fan base hates him but I'm going to tell you this this is something that I think most of you don't understand since I am a marketing guru and I have a marketing company and I do lots of different marketing he was so brilliant with his sale of cable vision which slash turned into optimum because if you think about right now what are you doing most of you don't have cable you have streaming services and you have apps that you're watching everything on. When he had his sale a couple years ago, he made out brilliantly with the money that he made on selling that, which now turned to Elise. I think that's what it is. I don't even know what it is because I don't have it. I have Verizon Fios in my house um, for Wi-Fi and all that because Optimum sucked. But he made a killing. That's what a great businessman does. And that's what James Dolan is. James Dolan is a great businessman. Now, comes to sports, he doesn't. He, he even said he wants to sell the teams. So I want to say this, James Dolan, if you want to sell the teams, don't sell them together. Sell them separately. You'll make more money that way. Sell them separately. Do not sell them to the same person. Sell them separately. You'll make more of money that way. Literally, you will. You'll make a killing. But anywho. But anywho. So, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say now? <laughs> I totally got off my track of thought. But yeah. So don't come at me and tell me that men aren't sexist. When I saw comments this week of men being sexist on Twitter, 
and I saw, I see athletes, how their body language is when they're around women in the locker room, when they're around women asking questions. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. You can hear it in their voice. And then Jacob Chupa has that stupid laugh. <laughs> yeah. Laugh all you want, honey. Laugh all you want. You look stupid. And you look sexist. Not that I am making things up, as some have uh, pointed out. But see, there's always a story that you all don't know. So three things I've learned this year. One, never judge a book by its cover, because you never know the situation at hand. You never know. If you're judging things based on things that you don't think are possible, you're stupid. Number two, when people show you who they truly are, don't try to change the picture. So many times we try to find something good in people, even when they disappoint us or even when they do something and we're like, oh, well, that's not really who he really is. So, for example, I thought Mark was a great friend of mine and we've been friends for a while. I find out right now he's not a good friend of mine. He's a sellout. That's what he is. He's a sellout. All he cares about is himself and his quote-unquote image. See, a true friend would reach out and ask me for details and ask me for what happened and so be, be supportive. That's what a true friend does. He is not in that category. He is not in that category. Also, so I've done those two things. Judging a book by its cover, no. Thinking when people show you who they truly are, don't try to change the picture. Because don't do that. And three, about rumors. See, men spread rumors about women that they know they can't have. And girls spread rumors about girls that they wish they could be like. Or because they're jealous. And I can tell you, that shit still happens in 2023. So anytime you hear something, like I love the rumors about me because I'm like, oh, is that accurate? <laughs> I didn't even know that about myself. So that's all I'm saying. Don't judge on a story where you don't have details. For example, I, I mean, I could bring up Corey Perry again, but I will say this on him. One more thing about him, and then I will leave that alone. Since when have, have the Blackhawks been transparent? And don't you find it unusual? I still find it unusual because, you know, Biz had to bring it up. So I'm just going to be like, oh, he, he's sickening to the idea. Yes. But it's happened before with other coaches' wives sleeping with players and players sleeping with other people's teammates' wives and girlfriends and whatnot. It's happened before in the past. It's a constant thing. And you have to also remember, athletes are also human beings. So they have the same feelings and emotions that we all get. It's, they're all the same. We're all the same. Nobody is better than anybody else. We're all on equal. We're all on the equal playing field. That shit happens. So don't come at me and tell me that I'm wrong either. I'm telling you right now. And I'm not going to say it was Bernard. No, no way. I told you who I think it was. I think it was Seth Jones. Seth Jones's mom. That's who I'm sticking with. And maybe one day it will come out. But I'm going to tell you this. I think Corey Perry signed an agreement to not say anything. It's all hush-hush. And you can always tell when the PR department writes up some stupid crap. And it didn't come from Corey. It came from the PR department because they're trying to clean up the mess that they actually started. So, anywho, that's what's up. So, I was going to actually say something and then I forgot what I was going to say. What else? What else is new? That's the kind of week it's been. It's been that kind of week. But to reiterate, Maybe that's what I should say. So, um, oh, I, I just question for Ryan Lindgren. I'm going to repeat what I said last time. So maybe it sinks into Ryan Lindgren's head. 
if you really feel that you're that this organization appreciates you and they're not trying to sabotage you and and keep you from flourishing and achieving whatever goals that you have sure sign an extension if they give it to you i think they're going to give it to you but if you feel that you can do better somewhere else and that you'll be appreciated better somewhere else for your talent and ability and what you bring to the table then level the shit up and level it somewhere up somewhere else don't let jacob truba and others that you hang around with a lot convince you otherwise and i'm just gonna leave it at that for everything for everything just because they have basic doesn't mean that you should have basic you know you want it as bad as i do i'll leave it at that and you know it and you know it i'm gonna leave it at that anywho I think that's my favorite word. Anywho. Anywho. Oh, my God. My hair's a mess. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Before I hang up. Before I hang up and I'll hang up and then I'll listen. <laughs> um, I hate video podcasting. And the reason I hate video podcasting is because why am I going to sit there and watch a dude talk inside a microphone? Like, if you notice these podcasts, they're, they're, first of all, the mic is like bigger than their head and they're talking in it. And then they have these headphones on their ears. They look ridiculous. I'm just going to say they look ridiculous. Like to me, a podcast is like an audio thing where you really get the get the chance to actually listen to what's being said and then understanding what's being said. Because I think half the time people when they watch podcasts, they lose interest and they lose and their attention span is all over the place because you're focusing on other things within the podcast and not exactly what's being said. So because people ask me why I don't do video podcasts, and that's one of the reasons I don't. Like, and then, like, your head is, like, smashed there. I, like, I'm going to be interviewed on Instagram, like, next week with Instagram Live. I think that's an awesome idea, by the way, to do, like, Instagram Live and Twitter Live and Facebook Live without a microphone. It makes it look more realistic. It makes it feel more real and genuine. It's not that you're just, here's my microphone slashed inside my, right in front of my face, and I'm going to talk right into the microphone. And then I watched another one yesterday for the Yankees. And this guy like was holding this big microphone in front of his head and face in front of his mouth. And I'm looking at it going. And then I'll say this. The guys that do these podcasts, if you're going to be on video, wear a clean shirt. Wear a nice looking shirt. Don't wear a crappy undershirt. And then go in front and then have your hat backwards. And then you're right there in front. Uh, like, look at, Hunger, look at Henrik Lundqvist when he does his. He is sharp. He's dressed to the nine, even doing his freaking podcast. Take it from him. Look like that. Presentation is everything. The way you present yourself on camera says a lot about you. And if you're going to do a podcast and have a big-ass microphone in your face, do that. Look better. Look the part. That's what I'm going to say. Okie dokie. So have a great weekend. Tomorrow my day is filled with cheerleading and youth basketball. My nephew has his playoff game at 9 a.m. I'm going then directly to a cheer competition to take video of it. And because I'm a cheer consultant and we know and other things. I'm also consulting a team. I have to take video for her of pyramids so she can score higher in hers. Then from there to my nephew playing another basketball game within another league in the afternoon. And then my, my baking begins. So for those that don't know, for Christmas, I bake 500 cookies. This year, my whole entire family is going to be together for the first time in, in a couple of years. So all 40 of us are going to be together. So I have to make extra 25 cookies for that. For that fat cookie platter. 
for Christmas Eve. Plus I'm making cannolis and then I have something else that I'm making on my, uh, for my platters. Little surprise, I'm not going to mention it because some of my listeners who are my friends and they've become close friends of mine from Twitter are getting cookies this year. So it's a secret, secret. Anywho, so yeah, I, I send out cookies to people from tw- on Twitter that I've met on Twitter. So they get, they get the goods. That's, oh, which are my cookies. Anywho, that's my weekend. That's Saturday and Sunday. And then in between while I'm baking, watching the Jets, hoping, hoping, and hoping, and hoping that Zach Wilson does really well. I think he's going to do really good this Sunday. I really mean it. I really, really mean it because I think he's pissed off. Now, not saying that that's the championship mindset. By no means that is. But I think he wants to prove everybody wrong. And the whole entire fiasco between the Jets is like, you know, drama central. Too bad Hard Knocks is not there. You know, it looks like Robert Solly did not want to draft Zach Wilson. And that's what exactly he said to to Joe Beningo, which, by the way, how professional is Joe Beningo by revealing that he's texting the coach? And why would the coach want to text a radio personality? I don't know. You can be friends, sure, like you're good friends. Sure, but you shouldn't be texting him things that you, how you feel. Because, I mean, he got a great number of ratings on that show for saying that. That, that tweet also got replayed on how many times. That's why in life, you have to be careful for what, who you tell things to. Because you don't know who you're telling them to. Hence why I keep things close to, my, close to the best. You don't know my next move. You don't know what I'm thinking. I'm not going to let anybody know what the next move is going to be. And that's why I like to let things play out. Because, you know, things play out by themselves. You'll see things play out. And then if I need to, I'll say something. And then I'll tweet something. But, y'all, you're never going to get rid of me. For those that tried to cancel me, I'm still here. And on that note, have a great weekend. Be safe. Be happy. And remember, I will say this. Just be. Just be. Learn to let go. Learn to go with what the universe tells you. Literally, if you can just sit back and look at things from a different perspective, you will see and feel amazing. You will have an amazing time. Don't try to plan everything. Don't plan out, how am I going to approach this? Or how am I going to approach her? Or how am I going to approach the situation? Don't, just let it play out. Go with it. If you feel you want to say something, say something. Remember, life is short. You never know how long you're going to be here. Why not just take a risk and do something that's going to make you feel amazing? Either it works or it doesn't, but at least you took that risk. At least you did something to make yourself feel good because you never know anything is possible and on that note bye talk to y'all next week